0: it really comes down to, you have got to have a super clear vision of how you're gonna do this, who you're gonna do it with, and you need to get everyone on the same page as you.
1: Yo, what's up ladies and Gs? Much love to those returning. Hey, I'm super excited about today's show. I have a very special guest coming on. Her name is Sophia Hutchins, and she was the CEO and executive director for Caitlyn Jenner's foundation, and she took time out today to come onto the show to share some jewels, some gems, and some knowledge on how to be successful within the business industry, but also to talk about one of her up and coming startup projects, which is in the health and technology field. Her brand is called Lumasol. I mean, she was able to raise three million in seed funding for her project, and today she's here to share her knowledge, use her influence and to give back as much value as possible to thousands of people around the world so that you can do the same thing. So let's go ahead and dive into it. You ready? Level up daily—the hottest podcast for self-growth with interviews from the hottest celebrities. level me up. level me up. Yeah. Now, your host, DeAndre Evans. level me up. level me up. Yeah. It's time to level up. Now level up. Hey, what's going on, guys? Much love to those returning, and shout out to those tuning in for the first time. I'm your host DeAndre Evans, and today I have a very special guest coming onto the show. She is a 23-year-old phenom who was a CEO and executive director for Caitlyn Jenner's foundation, and is now in pursuit of launching her very own health and technology empire. As she was able to raise three million in seed funding for her startup Lumisol, mm-hmm. she is extraordinary, resilient, and committed to achieving nothing short of greatness. I have the one and only Sophia Hutchins on today's show. Hey, Sophia, how you doing? Hey, I'm good. How are you? Great, great. Can't complain. So where are you right now? How, how's life going? Um, I'm in New York right
0: now. And life is good. Life is like, you know, busy, but it's good. Um, I'm kind of doing that bi-coastal thing right now. Okay. And uh, that's, uh, that's like <laughs> a tough thing.
1: <laughs> right, right. I bet. Because you're coming from Cali, right? Cali to New York. You hopping back and forth there? Yeah, between L.A. and New York. Gotcha, gotcha, perfect, perfect. So uh, with that being said, though, I do know it's Thursday, right? So it's like a throwback Thursday type of moment. And I like to do something cool for my guests. And if you don't mind, I would love to open up the floor just to go ahead and just hear a little bit more about you, you know, your backstory and how you really got started in the business industry.
0: I really got started in college. I was studying economics and finance and I um, started looking at what kind of job do I want after college, that kind of thought process you know, was running through through my mind as it does with every college student. And, um, you know, ultimately I decided that I wanted to go into investment banking. And I tried that. Um, You know, I learned a lot about the industry. I did a lot of different interviews for different positions and different internships. And I ultimately ended up staying in LA and interning at like an asset management and institutional asset management firm, managing portfolios of hedge funds and private equity investments. And so I found that really interesting. Um, So I thought I want to go into investment banking so I can eventually go down that road. And then life takes an unexpected turn. And I start managing a celebrity, uh, Caitlyn Jenner, which was totally different, but similar in the sense that it's very entrepreneurial, right? It's a very around the clock job. It's something that you don't stop doing. You don't stop working. And so I started managing her in my senior year of college. And at the same time, I had this idea for a company, for a new business. And I just went out and kind of built a network and started the business.
1: Got you. Nice, that's amazing, that's amazing. So what college did you go to? What's the name of the university? I went to Pepperdine University. So, uh, in that transition, you said in your senior year you started managing Caitlyn Jenner as far as the brand wise. Like, how did that opportunity come about?
0: I was at the time, you know, we had a great friendship, and I realized there was no one really managing Caitlyn. Mm -hmm. And there was like all these different parties involved publicists, agents, assistants, all of that kind of thing, but Mm -hmm. no person kind of running it. Supposedly Caitlin was supposed to be running it. But um, you know, there was a big void there and so much going on that I was just like, hey, this is what you
1: should do. <laughs> Caitlin's like, All right, go for it, do it. And so I did. That's amazing. So it was a lot of trust there, like initially, to have someone come in, you know, and just say, Hey, you know, well, take the ball and run with it. And we were friends for a couple for a couple of years
0: prior to me beginning to manage her. So there was definitely not like a quick like oh manage me some random stranger that i met at a photo shoot yeah um, that's not
1: exactly how it went down but it was you know pretty quick a couple of years so like what was the well in my opinion what would be any challenges you probably faced during that time whether just building a brand because obviously like i said was some trust built you said uh, over over years here like were there any challenges you know within the brand itself and building it and how to take control of that
0: um so for the brand of a celebrity versus my brand are very different things. Managing someone else's career and brand is really difficult to do, especially when that person you may not see eye to eye on everything with, but you advise them what to do as best for their career and you present them with opportunities that you believe are best for their career. So that's what I do. I still do that. And that's what I did you know, then and continue to do. As far as my brand is concerned, my brand is not based around any person. And it's way easier to handle a non-celebrity brand than it is to handle an individual's celebrity brand. Um, my brand is like, this. The, for me, the sky was the limit. I went out and sought investment from top investors in the United States and attracted Founders Fund in Silicon Valley and um, Graycroft here in New York.
1: Like, how did you overcome the challenges of just uh, looking for that seed funding when it comes to building your brand? So
0: I think anytime you're fundraising, what yeah. I always tell people is that just as much as the investor, the you know, at whatever stage, but especially at the seed stage, just as much as the investor is interviewing you and your mm-hmm. business, you're interviewing them. You're getting into a really, a really serious relationship with an investor at such an early stage. You're trusting them. And, um, you know, it's like dating. You really need to get to know them. There are going to be multiple offers on the table, and you need to know which offer is best for you. So I spent a lot of time vetting the offers that were there and trying to select the best partner, the best investor for the project.
1: And along with that, like, tell us a little bit more about your brand, Lumisol. I know you're getting ready to kick things off here and take it to the next level. Like, just give us the meaning and the, and the backstory of it and how it came about. So the brand itself is,
0: um, we're positioning it as a health and technology brand.
1: And so when
0: we go to market, we're going to go to market with Lumisol. Lumisol is a product that turns the SPF business upside down. And that's really what I want to do with this. I want to millennialize SPF. I want to make it sexy. And I want to make it part of people's everyday routine. Not just, I'm going to the beach, let me put on some white goop. Or I'm going to the pool, let me spray this gross aerosol everywhere. Um, So we've designed, um, through a subscription model, a direct-to-consumer SPF that has no single-use plastics and has a slight integration um, in its first iteration and we're really excited to see that grow it's all about reapplication it's all about um, people using the product two times a day three times a day so we designed the formula to be specific to go over makeup because we know that women generally Mm. wear spf more and they're battling with i need an spf that i can wear a few times a day over my makeup But at the same time, the product works perfectly for men that are not um, wearing makeup or people that are not wearing makeup because it goes on seamlessly. There's no white residue. Um, So we spent about two years engineering that formula and putting together this really unique packaging solution um, that's eco-friendly at the same time.
1: Nice, nice. So basically, you was able to figure out a demand. You figured out a way to, like, minimize that and make it more accessible. Like how much planning went into, you know, this product and this brand and how uh, the pitching process went towards the investors? You can never plan for a pitch. You can be as prepared as you think
0: you're going to be. And you can have all the notes in the world. You can be so you can know the brand inside and out. But it's like, how do you ever prepare to speak to people, interview them and have them interview you on your ability to launch this idea because that's all it was at a time, although it was a very well thought out idea. I worked with a small startup group that prepares early stage founders to um, go raise capital. So, what I did with them was I spent about nine months, six, nine months um, doing consumer and market research. And then, based on that consumer and market research on SPF, we built a business plan, we built a financial model, We built a 90 day plan, a six month plan, and really broke down you know what the next steps were, who potential partners were in the process, as far as manufacturing, formulation, packaging, shipping, cetera, warehousing, uh, developing. So all of those types of things you have to plan way in advance. Um, you know, I've been working on this prior to getting the seed round. But um, really that's when, you know, I started to make everything really happen.
1: I do admire and commend you for just your high business acumen. I mean, you've done a lot, uh, worked with a lot of great people. And from my opinion, like, cause I know st- having a startup is not easy, right? It's to, to get the ball moving and to get, get funding, you know, get the investors all on board. Like why personally do you think uh, most startups fail? 2019 was the
0: best year ever for venture capital. Mm-hmm. Um, as far as in, as far as founders go, they get invested in the most, or they were invested in the most in 2019, and mm-hmm. so that's really exciting. But on the flip mm-hmm. side of that, obviously, high risk, high reward. I think it all comes down to the founder and the CEO, the the person that chooses the team to surround themselves with. Um, is so important. Not just the people working for me, but the people that I go to when I need advice. Um, Where I can fill in the gaps when I'm not sure of something. Um, I think it really comes down to, you have got to have a super clear vision of how you're gonna do this, Mm -hmm. who you're gonna do it with, and you need to get everyone on the same page as you. Don't be open to changing your vision to the point that you're compromising it, but be open to changing the way you're going to achieve it if it makes sense. And so you've got to be flexible. We are like in a really interesting position at Lumisol because every deadline is self-imposed by me and we have hit and exceeded every deadline. I'm not sure if that's because I put the fear of God in all of my employees or (laughs) if, um, I don't know what it is, but you know, got to have realistic expectations. You've got to surround yourself with the right people and you've got to make it happen and make it happen quickly; otherwise, it
1: could fizzle out. Gotcha, gotcha. Yeah, that's very important. Having a team is absolutely essential to any type of growth. And to like piggyback off of that concept, because you are a CEO at a very young age, doing massive things. Like, just be be honest. You know, like how how is the stress level? Like, how are you able to manage stress if there's you know any at all? You know, within you and your team. Like, how do you hold that composure and how you get over that? For me. Um, managing stress is always a
0: constant battle. Like I go to all these, these networking things all the time with different founders and CEOs of companies at varying stages. And I think ultimately what you learn is regardless of your, your age, you need to love what you're doing. And if you don't, in your some some level at which you are responsible for executing and making sure everyone else executes on time and properly, you're not going to stop working. And you have to. Ha- and in order to not stop working, you need to feel really excited and good about what you're doing. And so I'm really fortunate that I definitely do feel that way. And I I like to work. I love it. it and I don't feel like you know it's it's like oh, nine to five. I'm oh, <laughs> done. Uh, I'm yeah. never. I mean, I have two massive, massive careers at the same time. It doesn't stop. And I absolutely love that. I don't know what else I'd be doing. I'd be bored.
1: <laughs> right. You love the hunt. That's what it is. You got the passion. I the do. Passion for it. <laughs> now, that's very important. And that's a very common trait when I talk to a lot of CEOs is that you got to be hungry. You got to be dedicated and mm. you have to be willing to you know, make the sacrifices needed. To to that extent, too, because I know a lot of people are either young creators or young investors and looking for funding, like what advice would you give to millennials just being one um, looking to raise capital and get started in the business world here? So I
0: think this is my perspective, and I know a lot of founders don't have this perspective. Don't get so caught up on equity dilution. That's a really, really specific example. But Mm -hmm. don't be afraid to take investment because, oh my God, I'm going to be diluted and I'm not going to be able to exit at this big, big ownership stake. Just get over that. You're 22, 23, you're young, right? Like chances are, if you are an entrepreneur and you make this work, this is not going to be your last venture. Um, This is going to be the first of many. And I love being around serial entrepreneurs, serial founders, serial CEOs, because they have figured out, how to go from zero to one from nothing an idea a concept a dream to here's my product buy it and then there are those that scale things from one to two and you know i think a lot of founders and ceos need to do what they do best which is go zero to one and some of them go one to two really well and don't worry about equity dilution know your weaknesses take an investment if it means that you're gonna be able to go zero to one, make your dream a reality.
1: Gotcha, gotcha, you know, that's very important. I hope everybody listening tuning into this is definitely taking note, because yeah. um, that's a major key point when it comes to this business overall. Um, really taking yourself out of it and the sense of just providing that value first and knowing why you're doing this in the beginning. And with that, yeah. like, cause now my mind is everywhere. I'm, I'm trying to start startups. I'm trying to get into business, I'm trying to do everything. So based on you and your success, like what do you feel is the main attribute that really helped you succeed or get to this level or this point in your life where things are starting to pick up and roll? What do you think was the main thing that stood out?
0: Well, I don't think I've ever been at a point in my life where things were not going really fast are a lot happening at once. Everyone faces so many different challenges. I think that we have got to be able to lift each other up when we get into positions where we are in charge. Um, for me, hiring and building out my team has been extraordinarily intentional, not just in their skills, but in, in their ability to execute. In what kind of makeup or what kind of individual am I hiring? And how does that fit with the brand? How does that fit with the other individuals working here? And we have to make sure that we are lifting voices up that are not being heard um, in this country and in the world. And there is so much value in that. And that is a huge mission of mine as an employer is to make sure that I'm lifting voices up that aren't being heard elsewhere. Um, because you're going to get the biggest ROI on that.
1: Definitely, definitely. And I totally understand that. Yeah, hiring is, is an important part because it's a reflection of you. You know, mm-hmm. so if someone's doing something wrong, you're like, well, it's kind of my fault. You know, it's like, oh, well, they didn't do that. Well, it was kind of on me. You know? Yeah <laughs> like, my I,
0: I, <laughs> my my somebody hired someone the other day, and I was like, why am I not on that email? <laughs> I interviewed. The, I interview every person. I'm like, why am I not on that email? I need to be on an email. Exactly. If
1: someone an offer letter hello <laughs> right like immediately like I need to know who is who is what what's going on x y and z I totally yeah. understand so yeah it's very important and I know for some CEOs at least you know they have two different routes and I and I feel like yours is on the opposite end but um they either you know go strict on resumes like what have you done what do you do like x y and z and others just base it off of interaction you know are you a good fit? Are you more so that type of CEO? It's like, you know, I want to sit down with you. I just want to know how you feel about this. See if it's a good fit, like you said. Or like, hey, I need some proof. I need some you know documentation where you graduate. Did you get a degree? Um, I've dated a
0: lot of guys from Harvard, and I'm very unimpressed. <laughs> <laughs> um, so <laughs> I literally don't care where people, what educational institution people went to. Mm-hmm. Um, It's all about what have you done and what do you want to do and are you a good culture fit? And pretty much if you've done something impressive or you want to do something impressive and you can execute that, that's what I'm looking for. I think employers that are our age, I don't know how old you are. Yeah, right right around there, 26. (laughs) Okay, so like employers that are our age. We are not hiring people based on where they went to school or what their GPA is. I literally could not care less. Um, I think that you're going to see that shift happen, especially as more
1: people our age are hiring, making more hiring decisions. Gotcha. Gotcha. You know, that's important. And I totally agree. I think that is a big shift that's happened. I'm starting to see it now, you know, because I mean, we are considerably next when it comes to the big dogs, if you want to put it that way, you know, who's going to take over? Um, I actually had, it's funny cause I had a conversation with a close friend who I had on the show recently, um, in regards to just seeing how some of our greats are, you know, leaving us early, you know, our, our icons, our legends, our change makers, you know, our visionaries. And it's like, who's going to take that next position? Who's going to step up to the plate? So when it comes to the brand, cause now I want to get back into the brand branding of Lumasaw, like, um, do you have a date yet? When we'll be launching this thing. What's the future plans for it Yep. Yeah. We
0: launch April 1st in the United States. Um, We're very excited about that. All of our inventory got over here before Chinese New Year, which is phenomenal. And so right now, you know, we're really just getting ready for launch. Um, I have a couple more folks that we're onboarding between now and and March. And then uh, the launch happens in April. So really, it's internal uh, prep for launch. And we have some really exciting partnerships that we're going to announce as we get closer to launch.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: Um, so yeah, we're in a really, really positive place right now.
1: Great. Great. I'm so happy to hear that. And I'm super excited. I can't wait to see everything once it rolls out. Um, I know you got a lot more stuff to do today other than take this interview, but I'm very grateful for it. Um, is there anything you want to, you know, the parting words, anything you want to share? Just Yeah,
0: I would say, you know, to all the entrepreneurs that are, listening to this, don't give up, you know, be patient and don't be afraid to not <laughs> lose a few nights of sleep. You're going to lose a lot of night, a lot more nights as you become a more successful entrepreneur and, you know, get your vision, get your dream going, get it a reality. You can totally do it.
1: Well, you heard it here first, ladies and gentlemen, that is Sophia Hutchins. And where can they find you? What can they follow you to stay updated, about the, oh trial, the company everything's coming up <laughs> um in the tabloids no <laughs> they,
0: could, they could um our instagram is live which is my Lumisole, i believe our website is live mylumisole.com
1: people can go to the website and sign up to be on our list perfect perfect so i'm gonna put all the information i'm gonna get it from Sophia, you guys put it down in the description so you guys can tune in Check her out. Um, it's going to be a great venture. And I can't wait to see what you do. Thank you so much. Absolutely. And until next time, guys, much love, peace, and blessings. <music> so first question, describe yourself in three words. Um, funny, sarcastic, Fun. What's
0: something people don't know about you? People do not know a lot of things about me. I sleep with so much moisturizer on. (laughs) Yeah. It's disgusting. My face looks like, yeah, an oil field. Like there's so much moisturizer on, it's crazy. I'm like a moisturizer freak. Name one person you would love to work with. Well, I really need a new assistant. So (laughs) a new mystery assistant that gives me everything I need. Um, I really like Jane Fonda. I'm obsessed with
1: her. And so I would really like to work with her. Nice. Perfect. Well, if you're listening, make sure you hit Sophia up. (laughs) She'll love to work with you. I'm going to do my best to get it to her and get this interview out and go ahead and get this uploaded. But again, thank you so much. It's been an honor and a pleasure to have you on the show. Thank you. Yo, what's going on guys? Tuning back into the episode really quick. Hey, I hope you enjoy this segment with Sophia Hutchins. I mean, she's very talented, has a high business acumen and I commend her for all of her hard work, especially on building her brand and not just that, but also the success behind building Caitlyn Jenner's foundation as well. I mean, that's an amazing task, an amazing feat for someone who especially isn't a millennial in today's modern age, uh, who's killing it on a whole new level. Uh, Make sure to go also check out her new company dropping in brand lumasaw which is in april when she releases it um, if you haven't done so already definitely go follow her on ig at hutchins underscore sophia don't worry i have all the links in the description below make sure you go check her out and also if you haven't done so already definitely go to itunes and leave a rating and review as it'll go a long way for the show and i can't wait to hear the feedback from all of you and what you guys thought um, and until next time guys much love peace and blessings